Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jacob with Unleashing Intuition Secrets of Wine O'Saban. Today, we have quite a list of things we're going to be talking about. Wine, thanks so much for coming on and joining us. Always a great reveal when you come on. Always love your reveals. And uh, you're not going to... Well, I always enjoy your audience. I mean, I, I really do. You're. Let me just say this, uh, Michael. Um, you have an eclectic audience that's unique, uh, especially a lot of military um, and there are people that tend to think maybe in a spiritual realm, there's a lot of stuff where maybe I wouldn't be exactly on the same page as them, but they're thinkers and we can have an honest conversation and, uh, do some mental exercises. Uh, uh, the one thing that stands out through all of that though, all patriots. This is a fantastic patriot audience. Absolutely. Uh, and the fact that they're diverse is part of our strength and part of the reason that I always, always uh, enjoy getting in there and, and uh, uh, you know, sparring away and having some fun. And uh, uh, so I, when, when uh, I find out we're getting ready to do an interview, I always look forward to it. Something extra special for me too. So I just, you know, it's not, you know, I don't take it lightly. I, I, I took time. I polished all my claws. I got all my hairs in the right direction so I could think straight, you know. <laughs> I'm ready for you, Michael. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, it's, it is a great audience. It's, it's, it is quite amazing. I, I'm, I'm so blessed. So, uh, yeah, we were just talking about the um, uh, Cash Patel says that it just doesn't add up that this guy, Jack, who has all this intel that he dropped, there's no way that he could have access to that. You, know, you and I, you know, we've been around the Intel community quite a bit. And it just, for a 21-year-old to have all that information and, and in the location that it was at, it just doesn't make sense. Okay, so let's, let's, let's go back and be real about some of this stuff. When WikiLeaks happened, the material that got loose in the various vaults that WikiLeaks kept releasing went primarily at the CIA mm. and the mischief and nefarious activities going on over at CIA. And if you remember, uh, as Trump came into office, 10 days after he came into office, Admiral Rogers, without telling anybody in his office what he was doing, not announcing it's not on the schedule, doesn't tell the driver, bring the car on. He just goes out the back door of his office, goes down, hits the street, gets his driver, and uh, they go over to Trump Towers. And he shows up unannounced and uh, rings the doorbell. Hey, I'd like to talk to President-elect Trump. Goes up to his office, pulls a couple things out of his briefcase, throws them in front of Trump. Uh, Trump reads and realizes, oh, shit. <laughs> My supposedly secret conversations aren't secret at all. My supposedly secret conversations in the skiff that's been installed here uh, in my uh, for my transition facility aren't secret at all. Wow! Somebody's listening into me, and they've got transcripts. And so Rogers uh, gives Trump that. Within hours, Trump and team are picking up and moving and go to another location 
to conduct the business of selecting all of the various people uh, for this transition uh, from Obama to Trump. And of course, uh, Trump famously says, hey, they were spying on me. Okay. Mm. Now, Rogers was NSA. When you look at the intelligence agencies, NSA is the big dog. It gets like, you know, five or six times more money than, say, the CIA. Uh, the CIA wow. is so far off its rocker as to the things that it's doing, just like the FBI is. You know, it, it was created by um, executive order. And its original plan, uh, uh, Truman himself said that uh, after Kennedy was assassinated, that one of the great mistakes of his entire presidency was creating the CIA and that they had completely left the bounds of what the original charter was, what they were supposed to be doing, and uh, uh, that they were a great threat, danger to uh, freedom and peace in America. So then um, you look at the next thing that happened was Snowden. Snowden comes out, and what does his material go after? Remember, the WikiLeaks and the early stuff went after the CIA. The Snowden leaks went after the NSA. And it was exposing how the NSA works, all of its uh, various mechanisms of access and, and observation and control and things like that. So you're looking at a war between the intelligence agencies. Wow. And in Snowden's case, uh, what's interesting there is that Snowden similarly didn't have, uh, you know, he's over there at, uh, I can't think of the name of the group, but uh, off the top of my head, one of the private uh, contractors. Right. Uh, and oh, by the way, let me just go back a little bit. Remember the gal that uh, was a guy who supposedly leaked all this documents uh, related to the CIA, uh, who went through the sex change thing uh, in prison. I can't think of his name now. Uh, that was aimed at you know going after the CIA, and it was a, supposedly a low-level uh, army uh, guy yeah, that. Exactly. Uh, 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 got access to stuff and rolled it out. In reality, he was put there because he was a um, he was an Oswald type. He uh, was put in a position where he had access to materials and he had a per particular personality that uh, you could tweak it just the right way. He was a perfect fall guy to blame it on and somebody else had a plan all along mm. to do what they were going to do and the same thing then with snowden snowden um he's put in a position where you got a question uh why has he got access to all this stuff why is he in that particular position is this make sense uh without any limits let's flip it around and, and ask it a different way if uh these people like snowden and uh, Chelsea Manning, the uh, other Coast Guard one, Chelsea Manning. There you go, Chelsea Manning. That's exactly. Thank you. Mm -hmm. If if people like Chelsea Manning and Snowden have all this access to all this information, how secure is our our system? I mean, seriously, is it that vulnerable to internal uh, attack? Does that make sense to you? No, not at all. Yeah. So I, I mean, you know, if, I've been around this stuff a long time. Like, bad, yeah. 
there's there's no possible way that's not the way our system is set up and so it's compartmentalized so you're telling me that we've now become so uncompartmentalized that they have access look at the stuff that snowden released absolutely unbelievably vast unlimited access supposedly on this guy who downloaded all it no what you're really watching is that they're just foils for somebody else that is wanting to convey information a certain way and these are the fall guys wow. and uh in this information war and uh that's the real that's the real threat so who are those guys What's really going? Let me let me give it a slightly different thing. Um, uh, look at what happened with the FBI raid over at Mar-a-Lago. FBI was supposedly there looking for nuclear secrets mm-hmm. that Trump took, and he wasn't supposed to. Was it negotiations? Was it how many? You know, potential nukes can Iran make in in the day? How many angels can dance in the nose of the, you know, rocket that uh, Kim Il-jung is going to send over with the nuke in it? You know, what's going on? So there's something interesting, and, and this probably went past most of the people. I've talked about this a couple of times. I, I apologize if it's repetitive for people, but this just happened in the last couple of days. Um, the, the basis of the... the Mar-a-Lago, FBI goes over there. They schedule a meeting with President Trump in person in Mar-a-Lago to look at the paperwork that he has uh, that he took out of the White House. Trump meets him, opens up the secure location in Mar-a-Lago where all of those papers from the White House are located. They rummage through all the papers. They see everything he has. He waits patiently while they look at every single piece of paper that he has in there. And then they say, okay, thank you. We're done. And they leave. The next day, the FBI calls up Trump, says, hey, uh, you know, the lock you have, it isn't really as good as we think it should be. Uh, We'd like you to switch it to a new lock. We got a courier on the way over with a new lock. And uh, we want to put that on that uh, room that you have so that uh, we don't have to worry about anybody breaking in there and getting it. Okay, all right, fine. So they put the new lock on there. Uh, The next day, two days later, uh, the FBI shows up and raids Mar-a-Lago while Trump's out of town because they had the new lock on there. They're able to make sure that they can get in now easily. Mm -hmm. And they go back in to the papers they just looked at three days earlier pull a bunch of papers out and they rummage around. Uh, a couple of them are making fun of Melania's dresses that are there in the room and, uh, you know, putting them in front of themselves and showing what, you know, how they look in Melania's dress, you know, really uh, it, during their search and they're looking for something. Now uh, I talked about it uh, even that day, what they're looking for is the biscuit. Oh, yeah. They, you know, it was said broadly, well, they're looking for nuclear secrets and materials and all of that. Uh, no, they're looking for the biscuit. <laughs> What's the biscuit? The biscuit is the card that the commander in chief carries at all times so that if the briefcase, the suitcase has to be brought to him because of some threat against America uh, and some form of uh 
defensive or counter move is required utilizing nuclear or beyond um, that he has that ability, that capability to quickly uh, deploy that. So uh, when the um, uh, FBI guys showed up, they were looking for that card. It's a little bigger than a credit card and it has all those codes. And what happens with that is uh, they give a code. This is the uh, uh, recommended response. You give a code. Yes, I, I agree. And that's the response I want. And uh, there's verifications with the suitcase briefcase that uh, uh, you have, you know, that you're dealing with the real person. It's not a clone. It's not a imitation, um, blah, blah, blah. But then those codes are critical. Now, here's the other part of that whole component that uh, people didn't know. At the time that that happened at Mar-a-Lago, the White House, uh, Biden White House, uh, was shocked, I tell you, absolutely shocked that the FBI would go and, and raid Mar-a-Lago. This has never happened before. They must have had a really serious reason. And so uh, uh, they just, you know, we're as shocked as everyone. Well, that's not exactly true. Right. They weren't shocked, I tell you. The FBI didn't go there and raid Mar-a-Lago of their own volition. They were directed to go there by the White House. Mm -hmm. The White House had a special uh, provision within what they do where they could ask for a raid to occur for uh, something like this to happen because they needed it for the day-to-day -day operations of the White House. Mm -hmm. So the White House called for this raid at Mar-a-Lago and under the pretense that President Trump had something that was critical to the operation and duties of the White House, of the president, uh, that could not be performed, could not function, couldn't happen without it. Now, look, was it the pencil sharpener, the official White House pencil sharpener? Was it, you know, uh, the lock key for, for uh, Adam Schiff's furry undies? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, what, what, could, what could it possibly be? Or Michael's, I mean, you know, maybe Barry, uh, you know, has special key lock for that. Yeah, I don't know. Something absolutely essential to the White House's operations that President Trump took with him. And then think about it. If it's essential to the operations, how long after Trump left office is this occurring? You're a year and a half into uh, the Biden presidency, and they just figured out that, you know, Trump has something you need to, to function in the White House. I mean, is it the key to the floor safe? What is it? And uh, so the White House is behind that. Well, I'm just telling you what it was. The codes to the, to, uh, the functions for the nuclear option, mm -hmm. that's the biscuit. And they didn't get the biscuit. Uh, the, uh, the command and control, the nuclear arsenal did not revert to Biden. And they're trying to get past that because they want to go to nuclear war as soon as they can. They got to wipe out all the evidence in Ukraine. And uh, that key, that baton has not been passed.
Nice. Um, and that's what the White House has exposed in and what's come out in these FOIAs that have just come out in the last few days, where uh, it shows that the White House was behind the raid at Mar-a-Lago looking for something that they needed for that was critical to the interday operations of uh, the White House. And it's the biscuit. So not everything is as it seems. And uh, even though some things aren't put precisely uh, in writing into some of the terminology, uh, you do have to read between the lines. We're, we're in a uh, war over authorities between senior executive service, uh, which is the highest paid branch of government that nobody knows about, you can go Wikipedia and you'll see it's the Keystone Sarah emblem. And the uh, guys inside the uh, uh, Cheyenne Mountain and similar complexes, about 100 of them around the country, that have not relinquished authority over the nuclear arsenal and beyond. And uh, even things like the Chinese balloon coming down and, and going over multiple of those facilities in this uh, flight path. Uh, this maneuver that was done under control um, to go over those facilities and look with LIDAR and map those facilities to see that they are in fact closed up. Uh, they couldn't do it above 20,000 feet up where the balloons normally go or satellites because the uh, ground penetrating radar, we have uh, material we spray in the sky and then we can jiggle it using things, uh, harp type uh, systems and makes it opaque for the satellites to do the ground penetrating radar to look uh, and see facilities. And so they had to get underneath that and that's why the balloons were necessary. So hmm. anyway, just uh, an aside. Very interesting. So uh, it sounds like uh, Trump is uh, aligned with, uh, you know, positive elements within around the world because he did that world tour as we, we know and, it seems like he was setting the stage for basically what we're going through right now. That's true. Um, certainly, uh, you know, world leaders have had to think about, you know, I just spent time with uh, prime ministers and, and presidents of a couple of different countries that came to a meeting that I had, a couple of meetings that I had uh, out of the country uh, last week and the week before. And one of the interesting things is even there, they're having to make decisions to pick a side and it's obscure to them and they're getting pulled from multiple different directions. Don't go along with this, do this. Uh, and they're having to make calculations. And uh, as I had with, with one of the prime ministers, uh, he said, do you think uh, uh, Trump's going to be the winner on this? Uh, and I said, absolutely. And if you bet against them, you're going to hurt your whole country. You need to understand where this is going and, uh, you know, who has the bigger stick. And his response to me was perfect. He said, you know, if he's controlling the nuclear arsenal, ultimately he's the one that's going to win because that's the bigger stick. I'm going to go ahead and go with Trump. And that's, that's my decision. It's going to be difficult, but uh, I'm, I'm on the Trump side of what's coming. And by the way, uh, part of the issue there was this whole rigmarole bullshit over the uh, carbon footprint and all the other stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, this is a country that requires uh, all of their power comes from uh, fossil fuel and uh, they don't have the option, you know, really 
a viable option for for other forms of, of energy. So uh, they have to go that route is their opinion. And uh, um, they're going to look to Trump for that uh, um, stability moving forward. And and uh, they had to, and, and currency is a big deal, too. Uh, do they choose to go with somebody else? Which currency is going to win this in the end? Yeah, that's a big decision. And so if they decide to go the BRICS route and other stuff or to go the U.S. dollar route, there's a lot at stake. And you're picking uh, poverty or stability with that decision. A lot at stake. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, fights on. Yeah. it's uh, And, you know, you you have prepared America. Thank you for that. Uh, by letting us know that there was going to be an issue with Trump. And uh, so I think when that happened, uh, people had heard that enough and they doubt, maybe a lot of people doubted it, but you know, once it happened, it was kind of like, Oh, it, that was, that was not a big deal. So uh, some people maybe uh, yeah. felt it was a big deal, but I, you know, I salute you. That was, that was outstanding. Now, another thing you have done is you have prepared us for you're talking about the arrest of trump yeah yeah exactly the rest of you said that long ago uh well over a year ago maybe a year and a half ago you started bringing that up so the other thing that you brought up was america and probably the world's going to go through a, a very major crisis and uh we we've kind of like you know you've kind of touched on that a little bit uh what that might be but before we get to that let's let's talk about you brought up something i was unaware of congress congressional oaths can you tell us about that Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, here's one. Uh, now, Ann Vandersteel gets credit for breaking this uh, where I heard it. And I think she was the first one to actually talk about it publicly. Uh, came out yesterday sometime. Mm. And uh, and she lives down there, you guys down there. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, there's a group out there that had been, you know, looking at oaths. Uh, just as the Brunson brothers have with uh, their lawsuit, which there's all sorts of new developments there that later in the week we'll talk about, but I can't um, talk about right this second, but should be able to talk about by late in the week or next week. Hmm. Um, but uh, in the Brunson brothers case uh, to the Supreme Court, the question was, had uh, Congress, uh, the senators and uh, House members violated their oaths in certifying the election without first verifying, uh, you know, doing an investigation that uh, the election data was uh, honest, true, valid, correct. Mm -hmm. So um, with uh, with uh, that as a backdrop. Somebody has gone out and they foiled uh, a bunch of politicians and appointees uh, to public office, uh, looking for their. When you when you say the oath of office, you know you do a ceremony, but then you have to do the paperwork. And on the paperwork, just like signing your uh, your IRS uh, uh, tax filing, you have to sign under penalty of perjury. Uh, you know, affirming that this is all true, correct. I've done this. I am that. I'm a U.S. citizen. I'm allowed to do this. And, and uh, you know, I'm going to, you know, uh, protect the Constitution against all of these foreign and domestic, blah, blah. And uh, sign your name. It has to be witnessed. And then it's notarized, sealed, and then it's filed. 
so that anybody can find it. You know, you have to have the elevator uh, permit and the technician that did it on file in the office uh, at the building where the elevator is located. Okay, so all these people in public office, all these people um, uh, that uh, are supposed to be our public servants have to have their oath, uh, not just that they've taken it, but it was witnessed it was uh, notarized, sealed, observed. They sign on the dotted line. I am going to fulfill the requirements of my office. I'm going to do these certain things uh, under penalty of perjury. Uh, I affirm, uh, you know, say this, and it's filed. Um, so this group looking for that original paperwork at the same time that we're challenging whether or not they've violated their oaths or not, you would need supporting documents to show that, well, they did take an oath. All of a sudden, we don't find the paperwork filed. And the people involved, oh my gosh! Secretary of the Army? Center for Disease uh, Control? Uh, CDC? All the way up to the vice president of the United States has not properly recorded and filed the certification of the oath of office and uh, uh, had it witnessed, etc., and had it filed in the proper places. Now, that may seem a trivial thing. And in fact, in this suit that was filed on Friday, they have 10 days to rectify the matter. But the problem is, if that's not filed in the right way in the right place, uh, if it was never done correctly, um, is the things that they've done while in office, uh, official acts, is it valid? Um, and I've talked to attorneys on this and uh, Loy and I, uh, Loy Brunson and I talked about this last night. Um, and he had a couple of cases in Utah where something similar happened. Um, there's, there's like five U.S. statutes regarding this activity where they must comply before they can take on the duties of the office. Uh, Kamala Harris has broken several ties on votes in the Senate. Think about that. Mm. So if there's votes there and she presided over them and, and cast a, a tie-breaking vote and she wasn't even an official office holder, wow. do we then say wow. that that is uh, of no account, doesn't no matter, matter, we don't care? Yeah. Or does it null and void? Do we have to go back and do a recount? And then again, if we have a bunch of, this is what Loy and I were speculating last night, what if, if they're that sloppy that the VP hasn't signed on the dot. Look, if you send in your tax form and it's not signed, they won't accept it. Right. You have to sign under penalty of perjury. You have to sign your right against being a witness against yourself away. A violation of the Constitution, by the way, and people have fought over that, but the courts don't don't side with them. Uh, but you have to sign your tax return uh, when you swear an oath of office, you then have to follow it up with uh, uh, the paperwork. It has to be filed correctly. It has to be notarized and sealed and filed. If you don't have the elevator permit, the fire marshal closed down your building. Yeah. So uh, uh, can they get away with this? Is it just a 
uh, a minor oversight. Or the other side of the coin is if you're doing legal prosecutions, if we're going to go after some things here, are they going to use, well, I never actually filed the paperwork. It, you know, I, I didn't have to do that because it was just, you know, we didn't do that part. Um, uh, and is, is it going to be satisfactory to just update the paperwork in a few days? It was a mere oversight. Um, were the Democrats more guilty of it than the Republicans? Is it possible that when we go look for the uh, uh, oaths of office for these legislators who voted on the January 6th uh, certification of the election, uh, putting Biden in office, that if we go look, would we find 130 legislators who did not properly uh, execute those documents, allowing them to be in office and to do anything legal? And for that matter, is everything that Kamala Harris has done since she took office, in fact, invalid until she does this paperwork, are all sorts of votes of things that uh, money being spent, laws being modified, changed, updated. Uh, for example, we sent a, spent $111 billion dollars on the Ukraine situation with the military armaments and now troops. That's the other thing. Hmm. We are days away right now from one of the largest troop movements in modern history, moving American troops to central Europe to back up the Nazis in Ukraine. Hmm. Yeah. Are you good with that? Does that make sense? No. Is that what we want our kids doing? Are you kidding me? That's and, and constitutional remember, too. We have to, that the, you know, it's supposed to be a vote on the war. That has, I mean, that hasn't been done since right. World War II, but still, you know, the American people have to be behind that. No, no one's behind that. Hello, this is Michael Jaco. If you want to learn more on how to unleash your own intuition, go to michaelkjaco.com, unleashingintuition.com, where you can find my courses on how to become the master of your own reality. Well, you're, and, and when they move them out, excuse me, and this is not a minor issue. Mm -mm. You're going to move a massive number of American troops over the next couple of months to Central Europe, where Russia has said, that they will use tactical nukes if they need to. And oh, by the way, they didn't say it first. We said it first. That was posted over at Strategic Command uh, almost two years ago now, where the threat was made that, uh, and it was when Russia was doing a huge exercise before they invaded Ukraine, they were doing a huge exercise on the border of Ukraine, largest since World War II. And then on the Strategic Command site, uh, unsolicited, uh, just out of the blue, it says, if a force is about to be overrun and use of conventional arms will not deter, use of tactical nukes is authorized. Not will be authorized, not could be authorized, is authorized. Okay. Uh, you're sending a bunch of troops over there where both sides are on a hair trigger and supposedly we could be using nukes. That's not a fight. That's a, that's a, that's a, a genocide. That's a wipeout. And at the same exact moment that down in the Darien Gap in Panama, huge numbers of people are being amassed 
uh, on the far side of the Panama Canal. Now, this is really important. Uh, some of the meetings I had over the last couple of weeks here that were private meetings, we were discussing this. You have huge numbers of people from China and from Africa uh, down there at the Daring Gap. How are they getting there? Hmm. There's no path from Africa to Central America. There's no path from China. And we had numerous people that are clearly Chinese spies in these camps. They're massing to get ready. They've greased the skids. They've made it as smooth and seamless as possible to get these people all the way up through Guatemala into Mexico, right to the American border. And when they get over the border, they don't stop. It's like Nino, we were talking the other day. Uh, he doesn't see the pressure of the people coming over the border in El Paso because they're bust out as fast as they get there. That's exactly correct. Hmm. Uh, uh, I was up in a city in the Northwest the other day uh, by the name of uh, uh, Toppenish. And uh, one of the local people there saying they're getting now, it was one bus a week. Then it was two buses a week, big white buses with 50, 60 people on a minimum, maybe more. And then he says, then it was two buses, two times a week. And then they have all their brand new white vans to ship these people out around the community. And they gone out and talked to some of the people they voted in the last election. They, they don't know who they voted for because they go into a big room and somebody shows them on the ballot where to mark and what to mark and how to mark and all that. And, and they just go into a room and, and mark ballots, but they've got their driver's licenses. They're not U.S. citizens, but they have their driver's license and they get to vote. And the contention is all those people coming in now down at the Darien Gap, which they've, they've made a pathway and they've greased the skids. Uh, we're now looking at, uh, for the moment, tens and tens and tens of thousands wow. but the push is on it'll be millions yeah uh, so trump we, said yesterday we did the we did the panama invasion and uh carter had given over one of those bases so now we're looking at you know the panama papers where they're basically money uh money laundering through panama just like they are in ukraine and uh the clinton uh, organization and the un has a, had has taken over one of those big bases and they're trafficking all those people through there through Panama. Well, I mean, uh, you know, all of that is stuff that I'm really pretty familiar with. Um, and it's very disturbing what's going on there because again, uh, if your vote is diluted by foreigners, this replacement population coming in to replace the American people in their own land, uh, that cannot be allowed to stand and the American people won't stand for it. What's really happening is the people that are pushing our buttons are hoping that we will decide that uh, we're going to into some kind of a civil war and that then we will be guilty of doing things against the government that's allowing this to happen. Those people aren't showing up there, uh, you know, by accident, it's, this is a move to uh, steal your country from you, you know, one fake citizen at a time and steal your vote. They, there's no way that you can allow that these people are allowed to vote 
in your elections in your country and uh, they haven't uh, gone through the process uh, of uh, becoming citizens. They have no citizens' rights and they're stealing your vote. Who's bringing them here? When they're coming here from Africa and China, that's, that takes a level of sophistication that's far beyond um, uh, just a, uh, uh, a person deciding that they're in such a poor place and they really want to uh, go someplace with better economics. Somebody brought them here. Right. It's, it's a very highly coordinated operation. All right, there we go. Yeah, no, I gotta have a gotta have a bite to eat here. So, um, anyway, uh, you know, the one thing that I'm very concerned about also is what kind of pressure would have to be on the politicians mm. out across the country to allow this to happen and not fight it at all, not to come against it, or what do they gain from that? How do they gain? by selling out their countrymen. I mean, that's a very, you know, I, I, I don't want to use it lightly, but I don't think I am using it lightly. That's a Judas move to betray your fellow citizens uh, in that way to um, a community that didn't work for or earn that it's not your inheritance. It'd be like, uh, you know, people come in, take on over your house. You know, uh, it's not you. They didn't work for it. It's not they didn't put their name on the mortgage uh, and they just move in, take over the kitchen and tell you you're sleeping out in the yard. Now, you know, that's that's what's happening to us here in America. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway. So we have all these uh, these fake Bidens. Uh, we just saw a video. uh where Biden's in, I think he's in uh, Ireland, and he's like scratching the back of his neck, and it's he got he's got the crinkles from his mask. So, oh, oh how my many, gosh, how many Bidens do you think there are? How many? Four. Uh, four. We've counted four. We, we, we you know, I've got uh, some friends out of uh, Hollywood uh-huh. that are actually experts on on the mask stuff and all that, uh-huh. and yeah. so we've uh, we've been kind of keeping a pretty close track which one is which mm. and uh uh we've we've identified four that we believe uh are there and uh um you know he had the bicycle biden <laughs> <laughs> you know like biden's going out there on the bicycle you know uh uh riding around you know doing whatever it's you know it reminds me of remember uh uh chairman mao uh, back during uh, the Vietnam War, they had this Photoshop picture of him riding on an inner tube in the river, uh, you know, having a, a nice leisurely day out on some river going inner tubing. And you looked at it and you go, I mean, a high schooler could do a better uh, uh, cut and paste job, right? And uh, uh, so again, you're watching theater. Well, who's orchestrating that theater? Who's allowing that theater? Um, uh, before we're all done, I'll just say this, I'll go out on a limb a little bit with your, your people. The reality is that you're going to find out that, uh, this fight is between senior executive service, uh, the Keystone people, uh, they might even end up being the Keystone cops, to be honest with you. Uh, that's where Cheney would go all the time. 
to run the shadow government, okay, and uh, acted like uh, that was somehow normal every time he had a fake heart attack. Um, uh, they're the ones that are running the false flags uh, using government organizations and operations, uh, Boston bombing, 9-11, uh, 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 Oklahoma City. Uh, these are very uh, uh, intricately orchestrated to move us towards this globalist agenda. And uh, they were created for the purposes of managing America through uh, uh, continuity and government between elected administrations. Their premise is that with the war on terror, that we've come under attack in order to survive this global terror operation. We need to move into the global community, but we would resist at the individual level. So we need to be helped to make the right decision uh, and bring the, the citizenship, the community to uh, this common understanding agreement arrangement to um, uh, accept uh, these draconian measures, etc., and of course, remember you had uh, uh, after 9/11, you had the Patriot Act that was suddenly miraculously all ready to go. You know, thousands of pages, and it just suddenly appeared. You know, a couple of weeks after 9/11, to orchestrate every aspect of society and how we're going to function together. Blah blah blah. Well, uh, that's because that group had been put together for a very long time. Uh, goes back to uh, Jimmy Carter, 1979, with an executive order. All these mischief is being done repeatedly, utilizing executive orders. And uh, uh, that's where the fight's at. We're going to have to unwind a bunch of that. And the only way you do that is to go to a higher level at senior executive service versus the guys in the Cheyenne Mountain complexes and similar under the 1954 Code and Authority which goes to nuclear and beyond. That's the fight. All right. So last thing, let's, let's talk about this big event. If give us some kind of idea, if you can, what you see that as possibly uh, how that, how that comes about where it's like America has its come to Jesus moment where there's going to be prayer. People are going to be like, you know, very traumatized. What, what do you see? You've said this for a while. Well, it's more than one event. Hmm. Uh, we have uh, both uh, um, Foreign Minister uh, Lavrov uh, of Russia. He literally, you know, quoted me, uh, said we're going to have a Cuban Missile Crisis type of event um, before this is over. And the reason that that's uh, critical that we're having this face-off, this stand-down. Uh, and that's going to be very gripping for us. But that itself, even if we, you know, just like with the Cuban Missile Crisis, no missiles were launched. Uh, we essentially had a, a face down, a standoff, and fell back to a certain point and, and accepted that there was this, you know, standoff position regarding Cuba. Uh, we're going to have some kind of a compelling period uh, like that over the nuclear issue. Uh, we're staging, we're getting ready to stage troops over there at a time when we need the troops right here on U.S. soil. Um, the one thing I would say as, a, as, a, as an additional point there on that, remember, and you and I talked about this, I think, at, at different times, um, when the attacks were happening 
in Syria, uh, trying to set us up to go to war in Syria. Remember, Benghazi was about a gun running operation, getting uh, uh, pilfering all of Gaddafi's uh, storage depots, moving his arms as well as smuggled in arms under the auspices that they were going to Qatar and Saudi Arabia and diverting those arms uh, up to storage facilities, UN um, uh, storage facilities around the perimeter of Syria in right. Jordan, right. Lebanon, and uh, Turkey. Yep. Um, uh, they were pre-staging weapons in there, including chemical weapons. Uh, the, um, uh, oh, uh, liaison aid out of Turkey came in and met with Stevens, and they had overheads that the Russians had provided showing that they were training troops inside those UN facilities how to use chemical weapons and says you cannot do that on Turkish soil. That is you, that you can't do that. And uh, uh, so uh, that was the last conversation Stevens had before uh, the raid there at Benghazi. And uh, there was six specific attempts to get us into war in Syria. Uh, there was a couple mortars came over the uh, border into Turkey, allegedly and killed a mother and daughter. And so using that as a starting point, they wanted to create a 10-mile no-air zone, uh, uh, a demilitarized zone uh, uh, into Syria. And the Syrians said no way, and the Russians said no way, because if you start at 10 miles, that's what they did in Libya with the air cap. And all of a sudden, uh, Gaddafi couldn't protect himself, and the rest was just uh, a matter of time. Uh, if we'd started with that incursion on the no-fly zone in Syria and a demilitarized zone on the ground, then it would only be a matter of time before we'd have a no-fly zone over all of Syria and, and Assad would be gone. Mm -hmm. And the ultimate point was that they wanted to divide Syria into three uh, zones and then run a pipeline across the middle from Saudi Arabia from the refineries up to Europe to be the oil gas supplier to Europe for the next 50 to 100 years um, instead of Russia. Uh, Six different times, uh, the Obama administration, and uh, with help from a bunch of Republicans, including McCain and that crowd, yep. tried to get America involved in a war in Syria uh, over the supposed red line of chemical weapons. And uh, yet those weapons were coming out of the West. It was a NATO operation to divide Syria. Did we end up going to war in Syria? No. Remember, we had 880, I think it was, troops that were trained in Libya that McCain was making a big deal. They're freedom fighters. We got to help and they're getting airdropped into Syria and, and we have to give them air protection or they'll get wiped out. Well, we didn't give them the air protection because the American people in Congress weren't going along with it. And yeah, they got wiped out. It was a dumbass move. Uh, they've been trying they tried all the way in there to get us in the war in Syria. It didn't happen. I'm just telling you that just because they think they're going to get America uh, involved in uh, Ukraine with troops on the ground uh, marching across Ukraine going against the Russians. Look, the Russians came in to defend themselves. I'm no Kami Pinko lover. There's plenty. I would, I would not want to live in Russia. But that Putin had to protect his people from those 56 bio labs aimed at the Slavic people. Yeah. that we funded and put in Ukraine and the Nazi army that we're supporting 
that's done all sorts of atrocities. Look, Putin wants to run his own uh, tribunals in the Donbass region and put all those scientists and soldiers and politicians uh, on the stand uh, for their life over what's gone on in Ukraine. They tried to melt down one of the largest nuclear reactors in Europe and cause a Chernobyl 2.0, which would have been far more devastating. And it's only because the International Atomic Energy Administration had some uh, workers in the building that got word out to uh, the Russians and Putin sent in uh, Spetsnaz and retook control of that reactor, or we would have had Chernobyl 2.0 right there in Central Europe. We'd have 100 million refugees right now hmm. out of Europe. And Putin stopped that. Putin was not wrong to go in there and do what he had to do and take care of business. That's just the way it is. That's the way history will read this if it's read correctly. Us sending a bunch of troops over there to go toe-to-toe with the Ruskies over their bullshit that is really being orchestrated by a bunch of globalists and a bunch of crooked politicians right here in America to cover up a crime scene makes no sense. Uh, uh, Didn't make sense in Syria. And it doesn't make sense here in Ukraine. I believe the American people will not put up with it. And no matter how much they try to do it, they're going to try and divide America in doing this, uh, getting us into a civil war. I don't think it's going to work. The American people are smarter than that. Uh, they're coming up to speed. They're wise and acreing up. And we're not going to we're not going to see that happen. But there's a lot of drama in the meantime. So what are those dramas beyond uh, a nuclear standoff, uh, a uh, Cuban Missile Crisis type event. Um, there still is this invasion on the border, and they're going to ramp that up. Uh, it's not going to be, you know, it was a thousand a day, then two thousand a day now at El Paso and similar uh, multiple stations across the country uh, on the on the border down south. They're going to try and ramp that up to four to five thousand a day in the next month and a half. Think about that in just that one location and it's duplicated over and over and over the american people have reached that breaking point i don't think they're going to be allowing that to happen we'll end up with states blocking the highways not allowing those buses into their states Hmm. if they're smart they're going to do that sooner not later those buses are coming across the international or the uh, uh, interstate uh, highway system and dropping these people off. You've got to go through a lot of states with those buses to reach Tennessee and New Hampshire and Chicago and Washington. And they're doing it every day. And those federal workers that are then putting them in vans and send them out all across the states and then giving them state money and federal money uh, uh, out of various programs or system programs, that's, that's, that's a crime against American people. It's a violation of your civil rights as a citizen to have your vote diluted by non-citizens uh, on a political agenda. You might as well be buying them off with the uh, Capone workers. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, you, you had said, and w- one more thing, so, you had said that uh, Trump, uh-huh. uh, when he comes back, he will basically uh, send all these, it'll be the mass most massive, uh, you know, basically sending people back across the board has ever been seen. So how does how does Trump get back in? Do we take away the Dominion voting machines? Is because there's other ways it's not going to happen. Well, uh, part of the issue is um, how do we come up on this vote? You know, we're 500 and some odd days from the vote now uh, next year. 
and uh, we still haven't changed anything in the vote system um, of substance. We've got some court cases that are getting fairly mature. There's uh, all sorts of new revelations out there. But at the end of the day, um, there's still fundamental changes that have to happen in the way we conduct the vote. But the revelations of just how the vote was stolen in 2020 are uh, becoming more and more apparent. And the question of whether or not some of these people are in office legitimately, um, that you have multiple people impersonating Biden. Are they doing it only when he's in public and there's nothing at stake? Or are they also impersonating him, managing him when they're signing bills? Okay. Uh, it is accepted practice at this point that world leaders have body doubles at different locations uh, occasionally. Um, there's lots of reasons why, uh, not just for personal protection, but also to uh, have an illusion of being one place while you're doing something important someplace else. Um, but if you have a person that's unable to function cognitively, and he is signing bills and somebody else is holding his hand when he does it, uh, is that actually uh, true representation of the people or is it a stolen operation? And uh, uh, it's, it's a stolen operation. So how are you going to address that? I believe that some of the revelations that are coming, uh, the whistleblowers are coming out of the woodwork to the house, and that's the key. Hmm. I've said this is the year of the whistleblower. That's um, as we get into May, uh, April showers bring May flowers. A lot of that seed has now been watered in the house, and you're going to see the first uh, blooms coming through, okay? And uh, a lot of it's been sitting there for quite a while, but it's it's ready to start sprouting stuff. And I think by the time you get to middle and end of May, uh, you may very well see some uh, politicians jumping out of windows over the revelations that are coming. And America is going to be faced with a huge crisis of legitimacy uh, of, of their government leaders. And how are you going to address that? I don't, that, I don't think that ends anytime soon. The, the information about the corruption, the payoffs, uh, especially through property transactions uh, related to uh, uh, the way these people are being paid off behind the scenes and the money laundered uh, with their LLCs, et cetera. Uh, that really starts to get a lot of uh, root as we get into May and beyond. And uh, uh, arrests uh, have always been scheduled for the fall. There have been options for other times um, other over the last couple of years. Uh, it's always, the timing mark has always uh, been uh, late fall. And so we're coming up on that again. Um, and with what's going on over at the house, it's maturing. I would expect that that we're coming back to that timing mark. And you have a, a currency crisis. You have a banking crisis and a currency crisis. And let me just say this. Most people thought that the the problems over at FTX and then the problems over at the Silicon Valley with the banks there, uh, Silicon Bank, and others were because of changes in banking regulation or just loss in value on the cryptos. And that's not fully the case. 
there was a huge private transaction by a big depositor at the Silicon Bank that removed tens and tens of billions of dollars almost instantaneously. Besides the fact that they had huge bond positions that they were ordered to do after the uh, uh, stress tests in order to provide stability to the bank. Well, the reality is you're looking at the mobsters, the crime families, removing their money and trying to move it to other places outside the U.S. because they understand what's going on over at the house is coming at their money laundering operations. Mm -hmm. The money laundering of the politicians and the cartels is what's what's affecting everything. And as we take that cartel money out of the U.S. banking system, uh, the threat is it will collapse. Mm. These regional banks where all of the money laundering has been taking place. You take out cartel drug money from these globalist cartels and you got a problem. Now, even uh, Sununu up in New Hampshire the other day says, oh, golly goodness, I can't believe it. We might have some cartel money here in New Hampshire. Can you believe it? Now, Mike Gill has talked about this, and and he owns the day on what's going on up there in New Hampshire and the money laundering going through those banks. He ran for governor over a decade ago. Uh, uh, Mike is a superhero on this, uh, worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars personally, put it all on the line as an American to expose the crime syndicates, the political and uh, uh, policing crime syndicates running uh, America and uh, uh, running their money laundering operations uh, here in the U.S. Um, He's getting some traction. Most importantly, things that could be done under the prior administrations and Congress are happening now because we control the House, not at the speaker position, but he's just a lapdog, but at the uh, committee chair positions and what those committees are looking at. And they're looking at everything in these uh, banking areas and in the money laundering. And uh, uh, it's starting to get some traction. It'll continue all year into next year. But the first arrest related to that and those crooked transactions is coming shortly and it's going to change the world. And uh, that's going to continue. It's going to affect the way the elections are done. And ultimately, I believe that's what leads to uh, the military having to step in to provide stability as the magnitude of the corruption in the political realm uh, changes zip codes and goes uh, higher and broader than anybody ever imagined. And, mm-hmm. you know, part of the start on that, by the way, is Arizona and Nevada and California. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, Kerry Lake's doing a great job down there holding the line. So it's just looks like it's about to fall, fold on them. So Juan, thanks. Oh, yeah. thanks so much. Absolutely incredible reveals. This is one of the best I've, I've, I've heard you say. And uh, I, I'm i so appreciative. My audience is appreciative. And uh, enjoy that lovely meal. <laughs> well, you know, I, I now that I'm an old married guy, um, <laughs> I have to eat a lot of green stuff now. So I see green over there and green yeah. here. And, and like there's even in the mornings, I can barely get a nice cup of coffee because she has this green goo, you know, and I, I spend a lot of time down South America in, in Peru. Every time I see green, I think of the, they, they had this green goo where they take a tree frog and throw it in there and blend it up. And it's 
supposed to be great. I, that green goo, all that green goo just really gets on me. I, I, I worry about it. So I'm always looking for the eyeball in there. But anyway, uh, Mary's is actually uh, treating me well. I'm very thankful. I'm very happy. I got just a fantastic uh, uh, partner on this stuff. And, oh, uh, and by the way, you know, she did, she did the art on that uh, Megador flag that you put on the uh, cover for the show today. And uh, she's, uh, you know, that's stuff I've shared before. So very fun stuff. Uh, that picture of the flag in front of Mar-a-Lago is, uh, is a blast. <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll put the, you know, the links in the description box so everybody can uh, get access to that incredible stuff, all the stuff you guys have out there. So thanks a lot. Appreciate it very much, very much, Jaco. Love yeah. your audience. Always enjoy sharing with them. All right. Love you guys. Thanks a lot. And uh, enjoy your meal. We'll see you guys right. next time. Cheers. All right. Thanks, Jaco. Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time, stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality. Mm-hmm.